evening, church. Great to have you. If you're still coming in, why don't you come down? If you're already in the seat, why don't you stand up with us in a moment? We're going to start to praise. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, stand to your feet. That would be awesome. And uh, there's no trick. Don't worry. There's no trick happening. Hey, my name's Steve. It's great to have you here tonight. We've got an amazing night ahead. We're going to spend some time praising God, lifting up His name. You know, there's something amazing when we lift up the name of Jesus. Above all of the things that are going on in our life, He's above all of those things, and we're going to do that today. Um, Pastor Sheridan's got an amazing message, and I know you're going to be blessed by that. Be expectant for that. And we've got people getting baptised tonight. And when people get baptised, amazing things happen. So if you're a friend or family that have come with those that are getting baptised, it's so great to have you with us today. It's going to be amazing. But why don't you join with the team? We're going to put our hands together and we're going to praise Jesus in this place tonight. Come on. Awesome. Why don't you guys come, come fill up the front. Come on, we're going to praise our God with everything we got, yeah. Come on, let's go. Sing it one again. Oh, 
Well, you can grab a seat. We're going to continue to worship. If you want to sit there, you can. If you want to go back to your seat, that's all right. Hey, we want to take a moment uh, tonight. As I say tonight, we're just getting started. And man, it feels like we're going somewhere pretty awesome. And I want to really encourage you, if maybe you had no expectation when you walked in the building tonight, do you know what? It just takes you one moment in the presence of God and everything can change. And I think God might want to do a miracle in your life. You know, He's not that big bad God that wants to hit you with a stick if you do something wrong. I remember my father-in-law saying, oh, I couldn't come into church. He said, if I came into church, God would strike me with lightning. And I said, no, God would not strike you with lightning in the church. It's his building. He wouldn't wreck his own building. He'd get you in the car park. You know what? God loves you way more than you think he does. And he has an amazing plan for you. And I reckon tonight people are going to discover that plan. I want to encourage you if you're here tonight and you're a newcomer, maybe you're visiting, maybe we just haven't seen you in a long time. It's so great to have you with us here today. We would love to connect with you. We think you're awesome and we're very excited the next part of your journey. And so we'd love to connect with you. So on the back of every chair, there's just a, a, a website you can go to or you can do that QR code, whatever. We'd love you just to jump on there. It takes you about about 20 seconds just to be able to let us know who you are so that we can connect with you. We'd love to uh, invite you to lunch. We'd love to be able to get to know you because you know what is really important to encourage you on the journey that you're on as well. Maybe we just don't have your details. You've come in and you've come out, but today you're deciding, hey, I'd like to connect. Well, why don't you do that as well? Also, if you're a newcomer, in our foyer, we have a, a newcomer's pack. We'd love to be able to get that to you. Just go out to the info desk afterwards or you can grab it on your way out. But we'd love to be able to give you a gift to hear as well today. Church, why don't we give every newcomer a great big hand today? We also want to let you know if you've come with those getting baptised tonight, again, it's so amazing to have you with us here today. And we'd love to be able to give you that newcomer's pack as well because we think you're pretty special that you would come and support your family here tonight. Well, we want to take a moment. If it's been your birthday in the last week or you've had an anniversary in the last week, we want to give you chocolate. So if that's you today, just pop your hand up and someone's going to run to you over here. You're not putting your hand up, but your friends want chocolate over here as well. Someone's running. We've got here. We've got over here. Others today missing someone over on the side here as well. Brilliant. The person on this side is going to work hard over here. Anyone? We missed anybody? Free chocolate. I always think that's really great. Over here, guys. Taking too long. You've got to give them two now. Uh, yeah. Any over this side? No, no, no. Sarah's kind of doing the awkward scratch your head. We're not sure if that's something or not. Yeah, it's always great. Well, if, you, if that is you, did we miss anybody? We don't want to miss anybody. Brilliant, brilliant. We're wanting to take a moment to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for these ones that have had a, a milestone in the last week. We pray that you'd bless them in an amazing way, Lord. We pray that there's going to be their best season ahead of them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we're, yeah, give, give them a hand. Great work, Sarah. Leading the crowd. Fantastic. Hey, well, as I said before, Pastor Sheridan's got an amazing message for us today. We've got baptisms coming up. And if you're here today and you feel stirred that you want to get baptised, we've actually made it so you could do that right here today. So if that's you, as the, as the gathering goes on, you say, hey, that's me. We've got towels. We've got stuff for you to be able to jump, get changed into. All you need to do is go out during the gathering and go just to the right here is our info desk. Let somebody know that's you and you could do that. This morning in our gatherings, we had people saying, that's me. 
and they went and did that and they got baptised in our morning gathering. In our in North Campus today, we had people getting baptised. And if that's you today, I know there is some prepared, but I reckon there's a couple here today. Surprise, you're getting baptised tonight and it's going to be amazing as well. But while you're thinking about that, why don't you turn your eyes towards our church news. Welcome to Activate Church. This is what you need to know for this week. Coming up this month, Activate Business is launching. This is for anyone who is in business or perhaps you want to be in the future. Healing rooms are coming up next Saturday. If you or anyone you know needs healing, why don't you come along? Activate Church is part of a wider movement, Axe Churches New Zealand. We have the privilege of hosting an Axe Regional Gathering. It'll be great to see you there. Lastly, Young Adults Camp is coming up very soon. It'll be great to see all young adults there. It's going to be an epic weekend. You can get all info on all of these events on our website or at the info desk. Last week, we announced almost $600,000 in faith promises that were made towards the vision and mission that God has for Activate Churches. Yeah, come on. How amazing is God? That is an amazing testimony. And I don't know about you, but I want to hear a couple more testimonies from Global Legacy Month. Let's check them out. Recently I got engaged and I've been praying for a better job, um, for more stability for my future and for my life ahead. And currently I'm studying nursing and so I wanted a job more down my field. And um, during a Global Legacy Month, I felt God was like pushing to me like, oh, this is your time, you need to go. You need to find something that's going to benefit your future. And um, so a job arose. I was very hesitant to apply for it, but um, I felt God was like, you need to go now. And so I applied for the job. The next day I got the interview and the day after that I got the job. I think God was teaching me to be more obedient and to um, listen to his, what he's saying um, more often because sometimes I kind of disregard it. Um, but like this year and through Global Legacy Month, I was very challenged to step into what God has got ahead of me, even though it might be daunting, but I just feel like God was trying to teach me obedience and confidence. I recently went to the optometrist where I normally get an upgrade to my glasses because I've got a condition called keratoconus and on the Sunday before I went to my appointment I had to put a certain amount put on my heart to, to pledge and so I just wrote it down and went forward and put it in the basket like we were asked to. I was going, I don't know how this is going to be answered. And two days, only two days later, God answered by not needing an upgrade for my glasses. And that is huge. And so, because it's quite expensive getting new glasses. And I didn't need to. And that enabled me to put my full pledge. I just took a step of faith because, like, I'd been in a really, really tough place. And sometimes you've got to step out of the boat for the answer to come and the breakthrough to come. Come on, how amazing is that? So good. And it's so awesome to see what God is doing in people's lives. Well, hey, that wraps up all our notices for this week. Yeah, hey, bless you. That's good. I'd like to invite you guys to stand and come wherever you're comfortable. If you're you're comfortable sitting down, then that's okay. 
ourselves as a sign of surrender to him. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this place. That every person in this place is so visible to you. And that your love toward each one is is simply unmeasurable. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on every person tonight, that you would touch every person tonight. Father, that strongholds of unbelief would drop off people right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that you'd speak to the skeptics even in this moment. In Jesus' name. Make yourself known. stuff. Just let it go for a minute. Let God be God. sense just as I was watching you tonight that, that God's got a gift on your life that's evident and it's really cool uh, but he's shaping what that mantle looks like at the moment and I really believe that he'd say to you that the shape and the depth of the mantle will be uh, as much as you surrender that you get to call it you get to call the level that you fly at and it'll be based on surrender. So it'll be him doing it. All you've got to do is surrender and let him do it. Uh, but I really want to call that out of you in Jesus' name because it's a powerful gift and, and you're going to impact generations to come. And you are. And if you surrender and just step into it, you'll just go for the ride. He'll open all the doors. Can I pray for you? Is that all right? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for Sophia. Father, we bless her in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come on her even now in Jesus' name. That you would show her the shape of surrender. And Father, that you would start to fill her with your spirit in a new dynamic way. And that the mantle of leadership would start to develop quickly in Jesus' name.
Father, I thank you. Seal everything you're doing in here. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. I just want to put confidence in you as well that when you step out, we'll be there backing you. So step out. Yeah? Cool. 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 Is there someone over the side and you've got um, issues around your kidney area? Pain? Just wave at me if it's you. I'm not going to freak you out too much. Can I pray for you, sir? Father, I thank you for miracles. I thank you that you're a miracle-working God. And Father, I believe you want us to walk healthy all the days of our lives. And so I release a miracle tonight on this gentleman's kidneys, in his kidneys, in that area, in Jesus' name. I command the spirit of infirmity to leave, and I release health, and complete health, in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're a miracle-working God. We honour you tonight. We bless you, Jesus. Amen. 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 You doing all right? Fantastic. Hey, take a seat. I was just thinking when uh, Steve was doing the birthdays, it reminds me of when you're in an auction. How many of you have been to an auction, like to buy a car or something? You know when you're in an auction and the second they, the second they start, it seems like you start itching all over your body, but you're too scared and just in case you bid, eh, to move. I was watching some of you at birthdays and it's like that. Hey, I've got a massive task tonight. How many of you were here last week? Quite a lot. That was pretty unstructured, eh? We can't do it like that tonight. To get through what I've got to get through, you need to get your phones out. You need to take some notes. And um, essentially, this is two messages in one, okay? So I'm just, once I start, there'll be no stopping. And um, it's going to be great. So we're talking about baptism. Brilliant. Is that working? Have we got a picture on the screen? No, it's coming. Here it comes. We're talking about baptism. We're talking about both of them. Did you know there's two baptisms? You did. Most of you did. That's fantastic. We're talking about them both tonight. Acts, here we go. Acts 2.38 says, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the Holy Spirit. John 3, 5, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me, Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Mark chapter 1 and verse 8. I baptize you, this is Jesus, I baptize, no, this is John, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So there's two baptisms. There's baptism in water, which we're going to do tonight, shortly. And there's also baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need both. As a believer, as a disciple of Jesus, you need both to live the life that he's called you to live and function the way he's called you to function. Baptism is very important, and it's a basic part of being a disciple of Jesus. Often, we, um, we complicate it, but it's a basic part of our faith. Water baptism is pretty straightforward. 
Easy to explain? I'll look at that in a minute. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, not quite so straightforward to explain because we're talking about the Spirit, but easy to experience. So we're going to look at that too shortly. But we're going to start with water. There's these, um, there's these two guys in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8. And uh, one of them is named Philip, and the other guy's known as the eunuch. And um, this guy, Philip, he's also known as Philip the Evangelist, if you're doing a bit of historic study. But he, he's been told by a messenger, an angel, that he needs to be out walking on this road. So he's walking down the road, just walking down the road, probably going, Lord, why am I walking down this road? And while he's walking down this road, he comes across this guy coming the other way. Well, I assume he's coming the other way. This guy is a rich dude. He's loaded. He is the treasurer of Ethiopia. And he's a eunuch. You know what a eunuch is? I'm not going to explain it. Go and have a look. <laughs> he's a eunuch. So, so here's the deal. He comes into contact with this guy and, and it's miraculous because God's told him to be on the road just at the same time as this other guy is on the road. Now, the other guy, this eunuch, I reckon he's hungry for God because he's on his way back from Jerusalem from worshipping God. Now, again, if, if you know a little bit of history, you know that number one, for him to be in Jerusalem worshipping God was odd. It was kind of outside the norm. He would have been despised by the Jews because he was a eunuch. He wasn't whole. And so to be in the temple worshipping God was odd. It was gutsy move on his behalf. He probably would have been scorned by the Jews. But he was obviously hungry because not only had he been in Jerusalem worshipping, but now he was in the, the, um, the chariot thing coming back reading the Bible and he was frustrated. He was frustrated because he didn't understand what he was reading. Let's pick up the scripture in Acts chapter 8 and verse 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I understand unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the chariot, or the carriage, sorry, and sit with him. The passage of scripture that he was reading was, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or was he talking about someone else? So he really doesn't know. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And they rode along. Uh, as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. And he went down into the water. And Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. That's that Philip Airways thing. Gone. And the eunuch never saw him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Baptism in water is a real basic part of our Christian faith. It's not a step for mature Christians. 
It's a step for baby Christians. And somehow in today's world, in today's culture, I understand that if you've grown up in church, it's kind of it's the, it's the culture you've known. At some point, you've, you've got to put your flag in the ground and say, Jesus, I choose you, and I'm going to do it your way, and I'm going to be baptized. Here we go. But if you've not grown up in a church culture, it's actually something that you do really early on in your faith. Often we treat it like it's a step of maturity. You know, it's the next step. Now, well, according to the scripture here, the eunuch was told about Jesus, and bang, he got baptized straight away. And sometimes I think we wait too long. We're waiting to clean ourselves up or get cleaned up to have everything perfect, all the ducks in a row. I still haven't got my ducks in a row. I'm trying, but they keep moving. And you just get baptized. If Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, you need to be baptized. If you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. In fact, Slightly controversial. Unless you're being baptized, I don't think you can be called a disciple of Christ. Ooh, I know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll explain that in a minute. I'll just do the pot because I can. Baptism is a physical and public declaration of what's going on in your heart. So of a heart change, a position change. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's when you go down in the water. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amazing, eh? Amazing. Baptism in water is a... We, we do it out of obedience. We do it because we're told to do it. We do it because we follow Jesus' example. But it's simply an act of obedience. It's saying, look, I'm going from a sin life to a faith life. I'm going from dark to life. I'm going from doing it my way to doing it God's way. And it's a statement before people. It's a statement before powers and principalities. It's a statement before God saying, I'm yours. I'm going to do this your way. And so baptism in water is a physical act that confirms a spiritual reality. That's what it's doing. Jesus himself was baptized in Luke 3, showing us all that God, uh, that he was obedient to God his Father and doing what he was asked to do. I love Matthew 28, 19. I think it's very clear. I'm just going to read it because I know it off by heart, but I don't want to get it wrong. Matthew 28 from 18. From 19. Therefore, this is Jesus talking, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and make, go and make disciples. What's the next thing it says? Baptizing. If I'm logical for a minute and you go backwards the other way, that would tell me that if I'm not baptized, I'm not a disciple. Would it not? If it says make disciples, baptize them. No baptized, no disciple, surely. Is that logic? I think it's logic. It's logic in my head. Not always logic in today's culture, but I think it's logic according to the Bible. And we're called to live a biblical Christianity, not a cultural Christianity. That's where it gets a little challenging. So go make disciples. That's a choice. Do I, I choose whether I'm going to follow Jesus or not. No, we don't baptize babies. We dedicate babies. 
We dedicate babies because they cannot make a choice. So their parents are bringing them to the Lord and asking God to watch over them and protect them and journey with them until such time as they can make a response to him, a personal response. If you've been baptized as a baby, good on your parents. Fantastic. That's fantastic. It's, it's equivalent to us dedicating. It's fantastic. They're asking God's blessing on you, his protection over you, but you still need to be baptized because you need to come to the place where you make a decision in your own right to be a disciple of Christ. If you're baptized at four, that is awesome, but you need to be baptized on your own will, your own decision, your own choice. You see, disciples are ones who choose Jesus. I was dedicated, but I never chose to be dedicated. I chose to be baptized when I was 13. That was my choice. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And so we choose to be, uh, to be disciples of Christ. And part of that is baptism. You can make a pretty solid biblical case, like I said, that, that you're not a disciple really unless you are baptized. So when should you be baptized? Well, I love what it says in Acts 22 when it's talking about Paul or Saul to Paul. Saul's conversion. In Acts 22 and 16, it says, So now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. That means like now. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. I went to three different translations of the Bible just to make sure it said the same thing. That's what it said in the Passion. In the message, it says, So now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins as you call upon his name. Then in the New Living Translation, it says this, What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. So, have you been baptized? Have you chosen Jesus? If you're choosing Jesus, you need to be baptized. If you refuse to be baptized, you haven't chosen Jesus. Oh, I know that's another hard one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm into hard ones tonight. It's all right. It's just part of the Christian journey. It's part of saying, this is who I am. I'm a son, I'm a daughter, a disciple of God. Baptism is the, water baptism is the starting place for a disciple, not a step for a mature disciple. In other words, when you get the revelation that I need to be baptized, do it. Just do it. If you're not yet baptized, can I say this? Why not now? And if not now, when? Why not now and if not, when? By the way, this is for free. Baptism or being baptized comes from the word uh, baptizo, which means to immerse, to emerge fully or to be overwhelmed. Fully wet. That's why we have a tank instead of a sprinkle thing. Right, you've got it? Water baptism. So if you want to be baptized tonight, we've got a few people lined up, but if you've not been baptized, why not tonight? And if not tonight, when? When? Is there ever a perfect time? Oh, I've got no clothes, Sheridan. It's all right, we've got clothes. I've got no towel, Sheridan. It's all right, we've got towels. I've got no water, Sheridan. It's all right, we've got water. That's everything. The only person I will not baptize tonight is if you're under the age of like 17 and you haven't told your parents because I think that's rude. But over that, 
and you feel to be baptised this evening, let's do it today, eh? Let's do it today. And I'm, what I'm believing, I'm not trying to talk you into it, but I am trying to lay out a very clear biblical principle, and I'm praying that the conviction of God gets hold of your heart, and you simply respond to him. Because that's what a mature disciple does. He says, okay, Lord, if that's what you're saying, that's what I'll do. The second baptism is the Holy Spirit. They don't have to happen in this order. But that's the second one I'm talking about. If we go to, um, we'll do a little bit of historic work for a moment. If we go to Luke chapter 24 and 49, I hope you're clicking these on your phone because you'll see they're in the Bible. Luke chapter 4 and 29, it says, these are Jesus' words. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Power from heaven. Joel, going to the Old Testament. That's the first part or the first testament. First part of the Bible, chapter 2, verse 28. This is prophecy. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike. The promise that the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Everyone just stop for a minute. Take a deep breath. Look down the back. See Pastor Michael? Yes, yeah, give him a hand. Give him a hand. If you're feeling a stirring to be baptised in water tonight, go and see Pastor Michael. He's just outside the door. He'll arrange it all. He'll get it sorted. So, so go and do that. He's worked really hard today because there were a few extras this morning. It's great. So the Holy Spirit was promised a long, long time ago. Now, unfortunately, baptism in the Holy Spirit, it can cause a few problems in the church. And just because people don't agree on all the details doesn't mean that they don't know Jesus. It just means they don't agree on all the details. But sometimes there's some misunderstanding around these things. I'm going to give you essentially our position as a church. But some people believe that baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second work of grace. In other words, it's a separate experience to when you give your life to Christ. Other people feel that it occurs at the moment a person gives their life to Christ. And others uh, feel that, it, that it's an ongoing experience for people. So our position is this. The Holy Spirit takes, which I think is pretty orthodox Pentecostal, the Holy Spirit takes residence in us at the time of salvation. He shifts in. That's part of what we call regeneration. It's been part of being born again. He shifts in. When I gave my life to Christ, the Holy Spirit moved in. I'm as now, well, always was, but I'm a son and his daughter. He's shifted in. We also believe that whole, uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second work of grace. So baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just the Holy Spirit coming in. It's like it's a second work. He does something significant in us and on us, and he releases his power through us. Often and generally, speaking in tongues accompanies that. But not always. Number three, we believe that, so you would have worked out, I've agreed with the first two, and I'm going to agree with the third one as well. We believe that, it, that life in the Spirit is an ongoing experience. It never ends. That's what makes Christianity so exciting. 
It could be tomorrow. It'll be different than today because the Holy Spirit is in me. He's prompting me. He's filling me with power. He's encouraging me. He's asking me to do this, that, and the other. It's exciting. So we, we agree with all three of those. It's fantastic. So baptism in the Holy Spirit is different from baptism in water. We got that? Hold your hand up if you've got that. Wow, I've done a good job. That was a pass rate. That was like 49%. And for me, that's a win. I can remember being baptised in the Holy Spirit. I can remember being baptised in water. I was 13 years old. I can remember it clearly if I stop and think about it. It was an amazing experience, significant experience in my world. I can remember being baptised in the Holy Spirit for the first time, being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues when I was about 15, 16 years old. And I can't remember all the details that clearly, but I can remember the feeling. I can remember the anticipation. I can remember myself starting to speak in this weird language and trying to work it out and by faith being encouraged just to explore it. And I can remember that, and it was an awesome feeling. And I can remember being filled ongoing with the Holy Spirit many, 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 many times as I hang out with him every day. So I think the best biblical case, or the easiest one for us to follow tonight in limited time, is if we go to the book of Acts. And I want to follow in there for a moment the Holy Spirit being poured out on people. So if we go to Acts Chapter 2 and verse 4. Well, actually, let's go back slightly further. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says this, but you will, this is Jesus, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and right to the ends of the earth. He says that. Then you go forward to 2, chapter 4, and this is on the day of Pentecost, Everyone's in an upper room, the church. Interesting, a whole lot, 500 were invited, 120 turned up. And it says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. These were followers, believers who were close to Jesus in the group. They were quite intimate in the group. So the first one is Pentecost. The second one is Acts chapter 8. And verse 14, this is Philip when he's in Samaria. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent for Peter and John. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for the new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. So it's gone from this close little group to suddenly it's gone to Samaria. Then Acts chapter 10. Are you doing all right? You're keeping up? This is, a, this is like a full-on Bible study, eh? Acts chapter 10 from verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Now, this is wider. This is the Gentiles. This is non-Jewish people. So we've gone from the close group to the wider group to a really wide group. 
The Holy Spirit fell upon all of them who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to them being baptized in water now because I've received the Holy Spirit just as we did? You see, the, this is growing. Then we go to Acts chapter 19 and verse 2. Now Paul's in Ephesus. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He answered. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later. And he meant Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. When did they do that? Not a trick question. When did they do that? I'll just read it again. Tonight, I like that answer. Uh, Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, that was the answer to the question. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Isn't that amazing? Here's the amazing thing. If you look down this side of the screen, that was a, a, like a 30-year period. That didn't all happen in a week. Because some people would argue that when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost in chapter 2, that was a one-time only thing. But the Scripture says something completely different. It's a 30-year period of time that Jesus was doing this. So I think even just from those passages, we can uh, learn that the Holy Spirit takes residence in us at salvation. It's part of regeneration for all believers. Two that baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second work of grace. It happened as they had hands laid on them generally. And Holy Spirit was released on them. And thirdly, that the Spirit is an ongoing, the Holy Spirit is an ongoing experience. Not a once You and I are asked to walk with Him daily. Communicate, build relationship with Him daily. Walk in His presence, get in His presence, bounce off Him. Tells us he's our counselor. He's the one that gives us wisdom. Actually, I've got, got uh, just, just some of the impact of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you receive power, that you receive revelation and wisdom, worship and praise, conviction and counsel, that you become more fruitful, that you know his blessing, that you're increased in influence and a whole lot more. The effects the, the, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit are significant. So if you are a disciple of Jesus... You need and want all of these benefits because you need them all to walk the life that he's called us to walk. So here's the deal. At the end of the day, what baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit is all about is relationship. That's what it's about. Jesus is saying, come on, do these things. And in obedience, we do them. Why do we do them? Because we have relationship. 
What's going to come out of it? Greater relationship. We come into Christ. That's relationship. We're empowered by and we're immersed in the Holy Spirit. That's relationship. Disciples want to be obedient, don't we? We want to do things Jesus' way. That's relationship. So whether it's baptism in water or the Holy Spirit, it's about relationship. That's what it's about. And if not now, you know the next bit? If not now, come on, I reckon you can do better. If not now, great. So at the end of the day, it becomes really all about obedience and relationship. And obedience flows out of relationship, doesn't it? If I want to please someone, I'll do what they ask me to do. If I've got good relationship, got good relationship with Jan, and she asked me to do something, unless I'm just being naughty on purpose, which I do sometimes. I know. Yeah, I know. I'll do it. Because I want to please her. Because I love her. And I want to walk with her. And I don't want friction. And we've been designed the same way. We've been designed to walk in relationship with Jesus. And as I step into relationship with him, my heart's cry is, Lord, I want to do this your way. I want to do life your way. If you're really honest with yourself in this room tonight, and you're not walking with Jesus, you've probably tried all sorts of ways. I know I did. And they don't work. They all leave you wanting. They all leave you empty. They all leave you looking for something. But Jesus fills that gap. Why? Because you're designed to walk with him. When he created you, he wanted relationship with you. That's what baptism's all about. When he created it, he wanted to do life with you. When he created you, he was absolutely and still as smitten with you. He says, man, I want to do life with Sheridan. The only question is, does Sheridan want to do life with me? So he went to a cross. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. All of that was to fix the relationship that we broke. We broke it by doing silly things. All of the cross was to fix that. The only thing left now is, will I choose Jesus? The only thing left is, will you choose Jesus? Will you surrender your life to him? Will you walk with him? Will you say, Lord, I've actually tried it my own way. I want to do it your way. That's called repentance. Repentance literally means turning around and walking a different way. So it's, Lord, I've done it my way, and I've got a revelation and an understanding that you've created me to do life with you, and I want to do it that way. So forgive me. Now I'm going to walk this way with you. Not only in this life, but for all eternity. That's cool. I don't know what your thoughts of heaven are, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be really cool. How many of us tonight need to say yes to Jesus? Need to say yes with walking? I, I think there's a number of questions tonight. Some of us need to say for the very first time, Jesus, I want to walk with you. I accept your gift and I want to walk with you. Thank you.
Thank you. I'll walk with you. Some of us tonight just know there's something that's not right in our relationship, and it's almost like we need to restart. And tonight we need to say, Jesus, I thank you for your gift. I've made a bit of a mess of it. But can we go again? And Jesus says, come on, let's go. Let's go. And there's other of us tonight that need to answer the question, do I actually want to be a disciple of Christ or am I just going to settle for being a believer? See, a believer and a disciple are two radically different things. A believer nods their head and goes, yes, that's right. A disciple takes action and is obedient to what Jesus is asking of us. And if not now, when? Do you need to invite Jesus into your world for the first time? If not now, when? I watched the news last night. No, I didn't read the paper. I was watching the rugby. I read the paper, which isn't actually the paper anymore, is it? It's digital on the iPad. But anyway. And and I saw there was a bunch of people out in Timaru, and five of them, I think, got killed in a car crash. That's horrific. Horrific. I wonder how many of them in that car thought they had years to live. If not now, when? Your when may never come. I want to encourage you tonight, if you have never said yes to Jesus, say yes to him tonight. You see, the God of the Bible is an incredibly loving God. He's amazing. The more I learn about him, the better he is. I have this little saying, maybe, just maybe, Jesus is nicer than you think he is. And I'm convinced of it. Absolutely convinced of it. But we need to invite him into our world to receive the benefits that he offers. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? I'm going to ask those, I'm going to ask two questions. Then we're going to baptize some people. But tonight, if you've not been baptized, then when? I think we've got 10 sets of clothes there. Extras. If you know you need to choose Jesus today for the first time, in just a moment I'm going to ask you to hold up your hand. There's nothing really special in holding up your hand. God's interested in what's happening in your heart. But I want to be able to recognize you and say, that is fantastic, well done. And celebrate. Because the Bible tells me that when one person gets right with God, the angels will celebrate in heaven. The second question I'm going to ask is if you've said yes to Jesus but you know something's just not right, something's not weird, you need to do a bit of a re-kick, restart. Today's the moment. Now's the time. If not now, when? I want you to be bold, please. When I ask you to hold your hand up, if you know it's you, your heart's probably thumping. It's the Holy Spirit just speaking to you. It's called conviction. And I want to encourage you to lift your hand up quickly and boldly. You're saying yes to Jesus, not to me. If you want to say yes to Jesus tonight for the very first time, or you want to say yes to Jesus tonight, bit of a kickstart, can you lift your hand right now, please? Right where you are, make sure I see it. I'm only going to wait a couple of seconds.
okay. If you know you need to be baptised and you haven't been, why not now? And if not now, when? I know we've got a date in the diary on the 7th of November, but why wait till then? When you can respond to Jesus now. I'm going to hand over to Jay in just a moment. And we're going to start to baptise some people. But I want to encourage you tonight. If you know you need to be, just pop out the door and see Pastor Michael. And make sure you know what you're doing. And then come in and we'll baptise you tonight. That would be fantastic. Father, I declare your blessing over your church tonight in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're working on us. I thank you that you've invited us to be disciples. That you've commanded us to be disciples. And so, Father, I ask in this room that we would have courageous faith. I ask in this room that you would stir us not to settle for playing religion. I ask in this room, Lord, that you would stir us to be passionate disciples who are not only prepared to say yes, but to act on what you ask us to do. I release your blessing upon every person tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Why don't we give Pastor Sheridan a hand? That was awesome. It was impressive. Two messages in one. I only had to do water baptism this morning, so I had it easy. So, we're going to baptize some people. That's exciting. That is awesome. Hey, if you're getting baptized, why don't you come up and join me? I think we've got, is it Ryan? We've got Danielle. We've got a couple of uh, more from this morning as well. We've got, uh, is it Teresa and then Jessica? If I didn't call your name out, why don't you come up as well? Hey, and it's not too late. Michael's still out in the foyer. Oh no, he's right here. Jillian's going out now. Awesome. So why don't you join me on stage? If you're making the decision to be baptised right now, why don't you just go see Gillian out in the foyer? Well, all come up, all come up. So I'm going to ask you guys why you want to be baptised and would love for you to share that. Is that okay? Awesome. All right. So why do you want to be baptised? Because um, this Friday at youth, we were talking about baptism and I really felt God tell me um, to get baptised this Sunday and I was like, okay. And so I want to publicly declare my faith to the Lord. How awesome is that? That is great. Can you tell us why you want to be baptised? Yes, I want to be baptised because I can feel it in my heart. God's telling me to be baptised. Awesome. Awesome. Do you guys want to move along just a little bit? Can you tell us why you want to be baptised, buddy? Because I want to get closer to God and... Last year I've been struggling with my anxiety, but I've been feeling a lot better since I've been getting closer to Him. And why not get baptised? Awesome. Awesome. Come on. So awesome. 
tell us why you want to be baptized? So I was in the morning service and my heart was like beating so fast and I was feeling like it was um, God telling me that I need to get baptized and no more procrastination and I feel like it's the next step. Come on, it's great. So do you guys want to join me down here? Why don't you jump out of your seats, come support our church family as they get baptized. Who's first? Ryan, by the confession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's give him a clap. A new creation in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, move in them right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Great, so we need some family and friends to gather around Ryan and to pray for him. That would be really great. So um, perhaps if Ryan and family and friends head off to my left, that would be great and spend some time praying for him. Someone record it would be awesome. Words of encouragement, scriptures, that would be fantastic. Let's give him another clap, shall we? That's awesome. Make sure there's a leader there too, please. That'd be great. in front of all these people here do you confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Saviour and you'll follow him for all the days of your life yes Okay. with this confession of faith your confession of faith I baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit I just want to thank you and lift up Danielle right now. Lord, I thank you that she has had this bravery to step out and to take this next 
step in her relationship with you, Lord. And I just pray that as she embarks on this journey, Lord, that she will not be afraid and she will stand strong in your name and in your love, Lord. And I just pray that there are people who are set in her next journey that will continue to build her up and continue to help her with her journey, Lord. We just thank you for this huge, this huge decision she's made today, Lord. And I just bless her in the season to come. Amen. Let's give her another clap. It's awesome. Again, if we can have family and friends and make sure there's a leader with them as well and we're heading across to the left as well. There should be plenty of room over there. That's fantastic. Who's next? Teresa coming next. That would be great. So people would like to support Teresa, gather around. So, Teresa, by the confession of your faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father God, I just thank you for this step that um, Teresa has made. Lord, may she understand within the very fibre of her being that she is your daughter, that she is your precious, precious one, and that you see her for who she is. Lord God, may she continue to grow in truth and knowledge and wisdom and just everything in her fibre would pursue you with all of her heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give her another clap, shall we? Fantastic. <laughs> so good. Again, Fano and friends, if you'd like to gather around, if we can have a leader as well. And uh, should we head out to the right just to be different? That'd be fantastic. So gather around, encouraging words, prophetic words. That would be fantastic. Someone record them. That would be awesome. And now we've got Jessica. I can't see you in the bright lights, but I know you're there somewhere. That's fantastic. And it's lovely to have um, Brendan, um, your dad, with you as well. So, Brendan, come and be part of this. That's fantastic. What a privilege, eh? It's fantastic. And Adele's going to 
to do the baptising. She knows Jessica, so that's awesome. Yeah, the water has gone down from this morning, isn't it? I, I think it's fresh water, freshly heated. Jessica, by the public confession of your faith, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's give her a clap. It's awesome. Um, I don't really want to say it's uh, my first first child being baptised. So, but um, I just want to promise you that God will be with you wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you think. He will be with you in the good and the bad times. And thank you for <laughs> choosing him. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Awesome. Let's give her a clap, shall we? It's fantastic. So I think with, um, with Jessica and, and with her dad, Brendan, and Adele, and leaders to go with her, we'll head out to the left a little bit as well, and gather around her, take some time to pray for her, words of encouragement, scriptures, just, because, just in case there's anyone else who wants to be baptised tonight. Gillian? No, well, I have to turn... Yes? No, you've already been baptised, so you... <laughs> That's awesome. I'll hand back. Awesome. Well, we're going to officially close the gathering here. Thank you for coming. Come forward. Why don't you uh, gather around the people who have been baptized, pray for them, join with them in prayer. It'll be great. But thank you very much for coming tonight. We'll see you next week.